0: So I was doing baristaing. I was also in like coffee education. And I think at some point I realized that when I was working in shops, there were not a lot of Asian coffees. The only thing that I would be told whenever I worked in like a new shop about like an Asian coffee was, oh, there's a Sumatran coffee. It's not that good. And I think that that notion didn't sit well with me being an Asian American person. And I wanted to explore more about Asian coffee and the history of it kind of dispel the myth that it is bad.
1: Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Azuma, where we share motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Marissa, the founder of Tan Brown Coffee a roasting company that specializes in sourcing Asian coffee beans for their products. Marissa, welcome.
0: Thanks for having me today.
1: Marissa, it's great
2: to be with you. Let's begin with you telling us a little bit more about how you grew up, what your early life was like, and whether you had any experiences that kind of led you to this small business that you're running.
0: I grew up in Atlanta. I was born and raised here. I've always been pretty like creative, hands on, always got myself into different projects. Even at a young age, I'd be like up pretty late working on something, whether it be like sewing or drawing or going all in on like a school project. It was always really fun. I have always genuinely really loved making things. And I think. A lot of those types of qualities at my young age kind of influenced how I came into entrepreneurship in terms of some of the things that I wanted to be when I was younger. we like chef, fashion designer and scientist. And I think some of those things have influenced what I do now in coffee. It's like I do the culinary side where it's like, oh, I cook coffee roasting is kind of like cooking or like the science side where it's just the nerdy studying of all of the different behind the scenes kind of things and like understanding how coffee works. And then the design side where I've made like all of my marketing stuff. So I think a lot of my interest when I was younger definitely influenced what I'm doing now. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I love the way you brought that together. I never saw it so clearly before the way a, a small business can be the outlet for all of these different interests that sometimes college or society pegs us into one place.
1: It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. That's amazing. So how did you get into the coffee business then?
0: When I was younger, I definitely was introduced to coffee. Like my mom would drink it every single day. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's a adult beverage. I like hide it because it smelled good when I was younger and I was like, Bleh. and then I would <laughs> drink it mostly with the coffee mate creamer or whatnot. But then when I was working my first job out of school, I was working in a design office. And the thing that I found the most interesting in that design office was the Chemex there, which is the classic glass brew method that's in movies. And I was like, oh, it's so cool. Like watching people pour water over beans. I thought it was super, (laughs) super neat. I don't know. I mean, even before then, it was something where I started talking to people and they were like, coffee comes from these different places, or there's so many different steps in there. And I I was like, oh, it's very interesting. And on my last day of that design job, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a barista. And I worked on the floor as like a barista for a few years. I loved it so much because it was everything that I wanted in a design job and in a creative career. And the reason why was mostly because I could see all of the behind the scenes systems working, but I could also see it bringing a direct product to a customer and creating something. So you could have 10, 15 things going on behind you. And if it's working well, then the customer doesn't notice. There's a magic in that and being able to also directly connect with your community. And so I think what kind of led me into coffee was just the ability to creatively think, work in like a very systematic way, but then also have a lot more Things that I can continue to study over time.
1: Yeah. So what took you from being a barista to wanting to open your own shop here and do this?
0: So I was doing baristaing. I was also in like coffee education. And I think at some point I realized that when I was working in shops, there were not a lot of Asian coffees. The only thing that I would be told whenever I worked in like a new shop about like an Asian coffee was, Oh, there's a Sumatran coffee. It's not that good. And I think that that notion didn't sit well with me being an Asian American person. And I wanted to explore more about Asian coffee and the history of it kind of dispel the myth that it is bad. And I think part of what I've always really loved also is being able to learn a lot of new things. And I would ask a lot of roasters in the area if they would help me learn how to roast and things like that. It was really challenging to find that. But at some point in time, I just asked so many questions and like developed my sensory palette to taste what's wrong and right. And then I was like, oh, it's just like cooking. right? And I'm like, I know how to cook. I can cook coffee. I can roast coffee. So I think in that way... I just also saw that I have background in being able to do marketing. So I was like, I'm doing all these things for other people. I should just do it for myself. And if I have this interest, then I can just push forward with it. And I think it will be a good use of time and I'll just see how it goes.
1: That's amazing. Very cool. So it's a combination of the realizing the skills that you have, but also there's just like a lot of your curiosity and work ethic.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work.
1: That's amazing.
2: So you mentioned your... Asian American, do you have any ties back to specific parts of Asia? I mean, Asia is a big word, right? It means a lot of different things.
0: A whole continent, really. So I'm Korean American. So I think the way that I've seen Korea like influence coffee in different ways is through a lot of brew method innovation as well as through different technological advances. For me to see just even in general, different Asian coffees and see the expanse of coffees, that's been really interesting to me over time. So, for example, a lot of people didn't know that Taiwan grows coffee. China also grows coffee. India has different types of coffee as well. And I think the main places that we've heard coffee coming from is like Vietnam as well as Indonesia, but people don't really know that Sumatra is a part of Asia. So I think just even studying that, seeing diasporically the expanse of coffees, but then also just coffee brewing innovation and things like that, I think it's really cool. And so I feel like I have that connection in that way.
1: Yeah. So how has researching all these different coffees in Asia impacted you personally?
0: I think for me, just being able to see the expanse of coffee itself and then also being able to see the expanse of Asian people, it's been very touching to me to see that diasporically we're in so many different places and industries, but we're connected through just this one kind of being and it can be made in so many different ways. And I think culturally, it's been really cool to be able to see For example, in like Brazil, there are Japanese coffee farmers. I would have never known that if I never started to do more research into coffee and coffee cultures in Asia and sourcing. It has given me a deeper appreciation for where I come from and also just my personal background and for coffee itself.
2: Can you taste the difference, I guess, between all these different coffees? I mean, maybe someone with a refined palate like you, But what are some of the unique characteristics of some of these beans that you're bringing in?
0: So I think something that's really cool about Asian coffee is that, like a lot of coffees do, they have a lot of nice chocolatey kind of notes to them. But they also have these very pleasant, herbaceous qualities that I think is not necessarily explored as much in a Western palate. I think when people taste it at first, they're like, I don't know, that might be a little bit weird, but I think they're actually pretty balanced and like have a lot of umami characteristics, which is found in a lot of coffees. There's also a lot of sweetness that comes from Asian coffees that I really enjoy. I also think that there's different qualities of how the coffees have been processed depending on the region. For example, I think I tried a coffee recently. From West Java, which is a region in Indonesia, it has a very floral and kind of hoppy characteristic to it that I found really interesting. And I hadn't ever tasted a coffee that tasted like that. Whereas there's a lot of coffees that I've tasted that have like a complexity in terms of like fruits. They have more complex herbal notes, which are not necessarily unpleasant.
2: Right. Do you have a storefront then? Are you selling coffee to customers walking in the doors?
0: So, I do not have a storefront. I work out of like a co roasting space, which is the first co roasting space in Atlanta, which I think is really neat. Oh, wow. And then for the most part, I just do pop ups around the city. And that's been really cool. I think my dream down the line, I would really like to have a brick and mortar, but we're taking everything one step at a time. Oh. For the most part, I sell whole bean online and then at pop ups. And then I also do like wholesale relationships with different smaller businesses here.
2: Oh, wow. That is cool. See, and you mentioned earlier that you sell bags of coffee. And you also mentioned that most coffee beans come from maybe just one place in Asia that are being used, you know, in mass here. So when you find a new source and ask them to ship it to you, is that something that they're used to doing? Or how easy is it to get them to start shipping to you if maybe they don't do a lot of exporting to the United States?
0: So I think in the recent years, it's been interesting because I work with smaller importers who maybe either like specialize in Asian coffees or have them on their menus. But part of the way that it ends up working is there are more Asian coffee like offerings. And I think part of that is due to more education as well as people buying more. So I don't think that there's been a super huge challenge in like shipping and things like that. Mostly I would not recommend setting up your own supply chain. <laughs> but <laughs> I think for me I just try to see what is there, what's interesting and then how it's like expanding and who I can work with. So there's like a few smaller very specialized importers who also have stuff in the states. So volume-wise it's been pretty okay.
2: So these products are flowing in the United States, but it's more niche. Mhm. I see. So Marissa, you've mentioned a couple times the idea of a pop-up. What does that mean exactly? What does that look like? And how does that fit into your business?
0: I actually had a lot of from just working in coffee for however many years, just equipment, right? So now the way that I have it is There's two kinds of structures that I have. One of them is a catering cart kind of situation where it'll be more of like a rented for times based off of how many people are there. And then another one is just I go and it might be like in a market or something and it's just popping up in that space for the day. I typically serve just espresso drinks, some drip coffee, as well as my retail bags. And it's pretty fun. I really love being able to still use barista skills and so i think that's fit into the whole model of everything because i was doing mostly just roasted coffee for a little while and then seeing that i could just go places set up a little shop and like be able to actually grow the business a little bit more
1: is there a lot involved in doing those pop-ups
0: i typically have worked with different companies for example, one of the pop-ups that I've been doing most recently is in like a Patagonia shop. I met one of the event manager people at like a friend's wine tasting event like a year ago. And we just talked and I told her about how much I love coffee. A year later, she was like, can you like make coffee for like people in the space? And I said, yeah, sure. So I do things like that. I've done like pop-ups in collaboration with other people who have spaces or artist markets. And I have to make sure that they have power. I can bring water, I can bring things to like sanitize stuff. I just need power to be able to like plug it in. I think that's the biggest challenge for (laughs) my setup, but I usually just try to make it work no matter what.
1: Nice. You mentioned something earlier that reminded me of our experience when we lived in Seattle. One thing that I learned there that I hadn't experienced in my life prior to moving there is the community around coffee. Could you explain that a little bit more for people that may not understand that?
0: Yeah, coffee community is like really, really expansive. It's interesting because you have the outward community in terms of the repeat customers or people who are in your direct local community and people who drink coffee. You also have the community side where it is people who work in coffee. And I think being able to see both of those sides has been really interesting for me. And I feel like coffee has been able to connect me personally to people who I've met at pop-ups or working in a shop and like regulars for many, many years. It's so like weirdly niche, but I think because the people have worked so heavily like in service and it's definitely an industry that's really rooted in connection. I have never seen something like this in other industries. It's a weird balance of people are there for passion as well as work.
1: Yeah, my experience in other places and growing up is it was a morning drink or a drink during the day or kind of thing. But yeah, it's way deeper than that. Yeah. Very cool. You mentioned a lot of the collaboration that has gone on. Could you explain that a little bit more to us? Because a lot of times, small businesses, you see someone else's competition, right? And you're afraid to engage with them. But you seem to have been able to embrace others and really work together to create your community
0: I think in a lot of ways and maybe the coffee industry is a little bit more communal. I think part of it too is just I feel confident in the things that I am putting out there. So watching someone else grow and us growing together actually just stretches and expands our industry rather than shrinks it and makes it so people are kind of more insular. I think some big challenges that I've faced in my career beforehand was when companies wouldn't help provide information about skills and skill sharing. And I think for me, being able to find people who are like-minded and who want to be able to learn from each other and grow together, it's only like beneficial to me. Cause I think of it in the future as, Oh, like maybe we have a collab release together, or maybe we host an event together and it shows more. Expansion for the industry that we're in rather than making it so individualistic. I don't want to be scared of being able to collaborate with people because I think it can show more growth.
1: Oh, that's a great perspective, and that's good advice for anybody who's concerned about the competition, right?
2: So, what has been some of the challenges of starting a business? I mean, you had a lot of aptitude and talents that allowed you, it sounds like, to handle some of the aspects of starting a small business, but was there anything that was surprising or challenging once you started getting into it?
0: It is not an easy thing, like starting a business. I wouldn't necessarily always recommend it for someone like who is just like, <laughs> I just want to do this thing and not knowing their why. So for me, the biggest challenges have definitely been the finance side of things, like managing and understanding that side of small business and knowing how much money goes into it. I didn't start with funding. It was kind of like a project that started growing more organically over time. And that I feel good about in terms of going with a pace that I feel comfortable with, especially if it's a business of one which right. people are typically surprised about when I tell them. I'm like, no, it's just me. Right. <laughs> so I think that's just been challenging. So definitely understanding that there is a financial investment that you put in to do all of this kind of stuff. And it's not something that is grown overnight. I think also consistently posting on social media and like building that kind of side to everything has been... Also, a different kind of challenge. I think also just being an individual person stretched in so many different directions, that's been a very huge challenge. But I also feel really grateful because I work alongside like a lot of different small businesses that are in kind of the same field. And so seeing people do similar things to what I'm doing, it makes me feel very much not alone in that.
2: Yeah, your points about. Being patient with the financial aspects, you know, you're learning a lot in the process. And I think that that's important to have that education, that understanding before you borrow money or before you start taking on money to put more fuel on the fire. You're learning things that will help you in each phase of your business. And if you can be yeah. patient, learn those things, you'll know when it's time to bring somebody else in you'll be able to evaluate that person a little bit better than you would have in the first month of operation. So it all has purpose and meaning, but knowing your why and coming back to that why is definitely important. What about any advice? You kind of provided that a little bit, but do you have any advice for others who do just have an idea and are thinking about starting a business?
0: In a lot of ways, there is the side of it where it is Find people who are doing similar things as you're doing so you don't feel as isolated. I would also say understand and take time to write out what you're doing and your why behind it. And I think that really also helps drive you through the next stages of small business ownership because there's a lot of times where you'll want to quit. (laughs) And then I also think thinking about the things that you're good at already that are not necessarily your focus in terms of small business so for example do you already have an aptitude for writing then you can write all of your copy for this thing or like maybe you've done art use that kind of stuff to like influence how your branding might go there's a lot of ways to also make something yours and it doesn't have to be only the one focus that you have. You can use your other skills that you have built over time. And I think also just try to enjoy the things that you're doing in the journey and the process.
1: (laughs) That's really good advice. In that same vein, a lot of times we get stuck on the challenges and what's difficult about it. What for you makes this enjoyable?
0: That's a great question (laughs) because a lot of the times I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to stop doing all of this. (laughs) (laughs) But I think in total... I love autonomy and being able to have something that I can call my own. And I think there is still a magic of the fact that there's so many people who don't know how much work goes into it. But I think that for people not to notice that, it's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, I often ask myself, if you knew what you know today, would you have ever actually started this journey? (laughs) And Knowing how hard it was going to be and how stretching and, you know, the challenges you were going to face, like if you knew that starting out, would you have jumped in? I don't know if, you know, we could always answer that question in the affirmative. So sometimes it's good to not know what we don't know.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: But I think that what you're illustrating the stick-to-itiveness of, oh, I'm here, I actually do want it, so I'm going to fight through it you're able to work through the different challenges that you come across. And that's where a lot of growth takes place. And that's one of the elements that makes it enjoyable.
0: Yeah.
2: Marissa, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting learning about you and your business. Our final question that we like to ask everyone is, in summary, what would you say keeps you going every day?
0: Well, thank you for having me on here too. It's been really fun. And I think summary, what keeps me going every day is I've seen so much growth in the things that I've been building, as well as the fact that I can see how community is interacting with it. And it makes me really happy to be able to see that. So I think in a lot of ways, I'm very driven by community and working with people in my shared industry.
2: Well, that's beautiful. Great. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit.
0: Yeah, thank you so much.
1: Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com.